0: this morning and uh brother rob he listened online while he was away and he heard the message preached wednesday night and he called me yesterday and said uh lest the lord won't let you said i said i think y'all preach that message you preached wednesday night at Tower, right and you preach again at prior because that's just gonna set the it's gonna set the tone for uh our theme over the next few weeks and kind of the uh, the goal that he's looking at and so uh he said, "Preach it." And so, number one, he's the boss. And number two, if I if he says t- he said preach it, and I preach it, it wasn't the right thing. you has got to give an answer for it, not me. So, uh, <laughs> but uh, we're gonna look in Psalm chapter one thirty eight, Psalm one thirty eight. And uh, if you have got a chance to watch the video that uh, Brother Rob posted yesterday, you know that uh, plans have changed for tonight's service. He uh, same will be the same place for you, same time for you, but. Uh, he wants both campuses together tonight at 6 o'clock. He's out at the, the Tahlequah campus. He wants the folks from there to come. And uh, just got some things on his heart he wants to share. This. And of course, he's just got back from uh, going down and checking out the the revival at Asbury College. And uh, So he told me, he said, be sure and emphasize, uh, the, try to get folks to be there, even if you don't normally come on Sunday night. Uh, do your best to try to be here at 6 o'clock tonight as both campuses meet together. And uh, Pastor Rob can share his heart uh, with us. And uh, I know it'll be a blessing to you. I know now, some of you. I know we're still in that time of year when it gets dark early. And if you can't drive at night, uh, we understand that. But if you can be here, uh, try to do your best to be here tonight. And I know it'll be a blessing. And uh, I'm I'm kind of glad that he's doing that because I told him Wednesday night. I said I'm excited about Brother Rob getting back because I know he's going to be fired up about revival when he gets back. And then I said, now I got to think. I said, well, I'm not even going to hear him Sunday morning because I'm going to be at prior. So uh, well, I'm, I'm sure, of course, out at the fair, he probably um, uh, preached more of a salvation message. But uh, I, I'm excited about tonight. I know it's going to be a blessing. So you be here, and I know uh, you'll be blessed. All right. Psalm 138. We're going to look at verse number 7. It says, Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you will revive me. You will stretch out your hand against the wrath. Of mine enemies, and your right hand will save me. I'm going to preach to you on this subject of revival. And David was a man that walked with God for many, many years. And David was someone who had found himself in trouble many different times. And David, when he was in trouble and when he was at a spiritual low, he looked up and he prayed and he asked God to revive him. And I find that every time David asked God to revive him, God did it. And uh, now I know the Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And if I need faith in any issue of my life and if I'm praying for something and it just seems like I can't uh, really grasp the faith. Uh, to pray through in that matter, then I'm to go get my Bible and study it, and I can get my faith that I need from the Word of God. Because faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. But I don't think I'll be doing any injustice to the Scriptures if we also consider today, I mean, uh, if we're honest, that we can get faith out of just seeing God work. And I know faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God, but Practical Christian experience tells me that whenever I pray and I see God answer that prayer, then that just seeing Him answer my prayer and do what I ask Him to do, that ought to encourage me to keep praying because I've seen Him work. I mean, when I ask God for something great and God gives me something great, then the next time I need something great, that ought to encourage me, God did it before and He'll do it again and you ought to pray again. I mean, if I ask God on Monday... And God answers my prayer on Tuesday. Then whenever I ask something on Thursday. And Friday rolls around and He doesn't give it to me on Friday. I should not get discouraged. But I should know that He's answered my prayer in the past. And even though He didn't answer it this morning just like I thought He would. I know that sooner or later God's going to give me the answer. Because He has in the past. That's right. <clears throat> Faith comes by hearing. But it also comes out of daily living. And seeing God answer and move And work in our midst. Now, David, in a bad situation, said, Lord, revive me. Lord, help me. And God came on the scene. God gave David the strength to kill the bear. God took care of the giant for him. David relied on God time after time after time. Now, again, if you've been following The things that Pastor Rob has posted over the last week is his heart is burdened for revival. And if we're going to be honest this morning, most of us here this morning have really never seen a real revival. We've seen some good meetings where some people have been saved and some people got right with God. But when you look at the great revivals that took place 50, 100 years ago, 150 years ago that literally changed cities some of them changed continents most of us have never seen those kind of revivals in our lifetime we've read about them we've heard about them but we've not really experienced them I mean I think about the various ministries of some of the men in the past like Wesley and Moody and Spurgeon and some of those great revivals and those great meetings in days gone by like when Billy Sunday would preach a revival for six weeks and the jails got emptied out because nobody was doing anything wrong. There was nothing wrong reason to put them in jail. And they said bootleggers would have to close up their shops because all the alcoholics, the drunks were getting saved and they were losing their business. It's no wonder that the old preacher, Mordecai Ham, he had a bounty put on his life by the bootleggers because he was hurting their business. But it went in people to the Lord. I mean, with those old preachers, when they came into town, things would happen because they knew how to get a hold of God and the power of God was there. That's right. Now folks, today we can, we can talk about revival, we can hold meetings, <clears throat> but the honest truth of the matter is that we know that God's no respecter of persons. So if God could send those revivals 50 years ago, 100 years ago, 150 years ago, if we'll put ourselves in a position where God can bless us, God can still send revival today. Kid. Now, Let's look at another verse, and you don't have to turn, or you can listen if you want to. Matthew 18, 19 says, Again, I say unto you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it'll be done for them by my Father in heaven. Now, Jesus is the one that said this. I mean, he said if two of you will agree on something, that God will do it. That's right. I mean, Jesus said it. Either he lied... Or that verse is true, and we know he, we know Jesus isn't going to lie. That's right. So he's given us a promise here. Now we know that we have to pray in the will of God, and you, you and I can agree on something that's not in the will of God, and that don't mean God, that don't mean he's going to do it because it's not in the will of God. But you don't have to, you don't really have to pray about whether or not revival is the will of God. I mean, revival is in the will of God if we're willing to ask him for it. And if we'll agree together, asking God to send revival, I believe God can do it. I mean, this is just one old-fashioned preacher today here that believes God in heaven, literally wants to send revival to the churches in America. I mean, I don't believe that revival was just, and the great revivals we read about, I don't think that was just for one age in, in our history. I believe it's still available today. And I believe revival is for the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I believe we ought to be praying for revival all the way up until the time when he comes back to get us, take us home to be with him. I mean, we've been hoping for it. We've been praying for it. And I want to give you some reasons why I believe sometimes we don't have the foggiest idea of what we're praying for. Whenever we say we want revival, and we say the word revival, we can come up with a variety of answers as to what revival is. Some people might say, well, it's, it's a lot of good singing. And see, sometimes we confuse entertainment with edification. Sometimes we confuse a sweaty preacher with inspiration. We get perspiration confused with inspiration. And... Uh, my dad was, when he'd be preaching sometimes, he'd talk about, man, I'm up here sweating. Well, some, some old heifer, I mean lady, said, uh, she'd come out the door one day and told him, she said, you know, said, you shouldn't use that, that word sweat. Said said, said humans don't sweat. said, we perspire. said, horses sweat. So the next time he got up there and uh, got to preaching and slobbering on five rows and got to sweating, he said, man, he said, I'm up here perspiring like a horse is sweating. But, uh <clears throat> I I pastored a while down in North Carolina, and boy. Don't, don't misunderstand. I love I love North Carolina preaching. I mean, they got them wind sucking preachers down there that you don't think they are ever gonna come up for air. And uh, I like it. They get sometimes they get to the point where they think if if you're not screaming and hollering and you're not slinging spit, you know that you're not doing any preaching. They they're they're looking at a style. And saying, well, that's, you know, that's the kind of preaching I like. So if it's not that kind, then it must not be preaching. But, you know, sometimes God works in, this, in the stillness. I mean, it, it don't mean what, what makes real preaching. It's going to be if it's God-inspired and God's on it, and it comes from the Word of God. I mean, everybody has his or her own, her own definition of revival. But our problem is many times that we've never gotten into perfect agreement with God on the matter of revival. What is revival? i got about six or seven things I'm going to give you this morning. And so we're just going to try to be honest not beat around the bush. No reason to hide behind religion. Let's just drag it out into the light and face it head on. I mean, now, in fact, if you're here this morning and you don't want revival, then just go home and say, I don't want revival. But don't, don't be a hypocrite about it. Don't say, oh, Lord, give us revival if you don't really truly want it. Don't say you want revival if you're not willing to do what it takes Mm -hmm. to get revival. Bring it on, brother. But those of you that do want to have revival, I'm going to show you some ways that you can meet the conditions of having revival. Number one, revival is God evidentially moving in the midst of his people in mighty power. And that's a long point, so I'll repeat it in case you're taking notes. Revival is God evidentially moving in the midst of his people in mighty power. I mean, if we have revival here at Exciting Southeast, it's going to be, cause, going to be because of God coming on the scene. That's right. It's not going to matter who's preaching. It's not going to matter who's doing the music. It's not going, really going to matter necessarily even who's here. It's going to matter that he's here god comes on the scene now i've had preachers that tell me that you know act like that their church was having revival but you saw no evidence of it i mean if god comes on the scene and we start having revival you're going to see some evidence of revival there's going to be people saved there's going to be people getting their hearts right i mean people going their, their lives are going to change i mean when the holy spirit comes on the scene and by his power begins to move across the building i mean He'll touch every person in the room and God will work in mighty power like we've never seen before if we'll just let Him. If we're going to be honest this morning, we face it. Most of us don't really want revival. Because in the Bible, when the power of God was present, lives got changed. Many of us don't want Him to change us. Many of us, we're, we're set in our ways, we're content where we're at. We're afraid if God comes on the scene and we start having revival, God might ask me to give up some things. God might ask me to quit doing some things or start doing some things. I mean, some of us might pray God send a revival, but God looks down. You see, God's not just listening to your words when you're praying. God's looking on the heart. Yes, he is. And when you're asking God to send revival, but God looks on your heart... And you've already got your mind made up. There's some things that he's dealt with you about already and you're not going to, you're not going to give in to him. You're not going to deal with those issues he's already brought up to you. He's not going to send revival for you because you already made up your mind. You're not willing to meet the conditions of revival. I mean, most people don't want to change, but if we get the power of God and, and we clean up our lives, we wouldn't be able to get everybody in this building and be so many people here. I mean, matter of fact, I don't believe you'd really even have to go out and really even telling very many people about it because people start seeing a difference in us. They'd ask us what's going on and they would say, man, there's something different going on with that bunch down there southeast. And I tell you what, we're, there's, there's something about them that's different. There's something's changed. Amen. I had a, I had a missionary come through my church one time when I was pastoring in Bonham, Texas and he is a, uh, he is from Boston and he talked with that old, that old Boston accent, you know. But uh, I never first I can't remember his last name. Now his first name was Mike. I know that because that's easy to remember. But uh, that man, his, he was raised Catholic, but he had never he wasn't even really going to church and and wasn't serving God. hadn't been saved, and he got saved because his wife got saved. But she knew that he would just get mad if she talked to him about getting saved. So she didn't even tell him that some people had come by and knocked on her door and gave her the gospel, and she got saved. But he, he began to notice over the next few weeks, she started changing. He could tell something was different about her. Finally got to the point he couldn't take it. No more, one, he finally just asked her, what's going on with you? So you're not acting the same. And come to find out, she, then she explained what had happened in her life. He ended up getting saved. And, he, and it wasn't because she shared the gospel with him. He got saved because she lived it in front of him. I mean, I remember one time when I was pastoring in Colorado. We had one time while I was there that we went seven straight weeks that somebody walked the aisle and got saved in the service seven straight weeks at least. Sometimes we had as many as uh, five or six saved. One time I think we had five or six saved one Sunday morning and had about I think about a dozen join the church. And, And God was your blessing. And had a little old, little small, matter of fact, really wasn't even a town. It was an unincorporated community. We had a little grocery store there, and I went in the grocery store one day, and the owner of the grocery store told me he said, he said man, so I, I go to, over here to the Wesleyan Church. I'm already going to church." So I'll tell you one thing he said, if I, wasn't already, I didn't already have a church, he said, "I'd be down there at Penrose Baptist Church because I cannot get over how many people come in here and they're talking about what's going on down there at that church. It said it's getting all over town." Uh, that God's working. You know what? That's how it'll be here. And we let God start working. Lives start being changed. Amen. People are going to know about it. Number two, revival is God in filling his people with the person of the Holy Spirit. Now, you say, well, preacher, I thought you, us Baptists, I thought we believed that we get the Holy Spirit whenever we get saved. We do. We got the Holy Spirit. And you get the Holy Spirit, and you get everybody. You get all of it when you get saved. You get out here on the you get out here on the lake. You got a sailboat. The wind is with you. As soon as you get out there, if it's wind, it's a windy day. The wind's there, but that wind's not going to take you anywhere if you don't put your sail up. That's right. And as, as a as a Christian, when the Holy Spirit's there, we need to put our sail up. In other words, that sail is your way of yielding yourself and saying, wherever the wind takes me, is where I'm going to go. Some of us need to realize that we need to put ourselves up. We need to put up our submission and let the Holy Spirit work in our lives and just take us where He wants to take us. I mean, if a lot of us, if we would just come down to this altar and give everything to God that's between us and Him, I mean, we might see revival. We'd just get right with Him. I believe God would fill us like never before. I mean... We'd we'd be able to see revival. People's been that revival that they're talking about on the internet over that Asbury that Brother Rob went to see. I told folks Wednesday night. I said it's a shame. I said, don't misunderstand me. I'm not criticizing our pastor for going because if I could if I could took off work and went, I would probably would have gone too. But I do think it's a shame when somebody has to drive 12 hours to find a revival That's right. when we ought to be able to have one right here. Amen. And there's no reason why they, I, God, there's no reason why God can give them revival 12 hours up here and us not be able to have one here. I and mean, we had some of our folks at Tahlequah that left out yesterday to go down there. And again, I'm not criticizing anybody that goes to get in on something. I mean, you, you hear about God doing something good somewhere, go and get in on it if you can. But man, we, all, we, uh, we ought to be able to have what they're having down there. We ought to be able to have it right here. We would go home and read Ephesians chapters 5 and 6. We'd see what being with the, filled with the Spirit or the Spirit-filled life is all about. That means, husbands, you'll have to go back to loving your wife like you did years ago. Now, Wednesday night wasn't too bad. Everybody held it all sitting pretty close together. And then they just got over Valentine's Day the day before. But I told them, I said, now, just wait about a week or two about a week or two after Valentine's it wore off, and it said, then you go back, you'll be treating each other like it was before. The Bible says us husbands, we're supposed to love our wives as Christ loved the church. Revival shows up, and we're going to have to start doing that. That means wives, you're going to have to come to the place where you're in submission to your husband. That means young people, you'll have to come back to the place where you respect and honor mom and dad like the Bible says you're supposed to. It means, Dad, you're going to have to come to a place where you raise those children in the nurtured admonition of the Lord. Amen. You have to spend time with them. Instead of screaming and yelling at them all the time, teach them by the God-filled life how a Christian dad's supposed to be. That means some of us are going to have to go, go to work and give an honest day's work for an honest day's pay. And to be honest, that's one reason why a lot of people don't want revival. Because they know enough about the word of God to know that if revival comes and I get right with God, I'm going to start making some changes in my life. There's going to be some things I'm going to have to do. That I'm not doing right now. There going to be some things I'm going to have to give up that I'm doing right now. Some of y'all are wishing Brother Rob would come today, won't you? <laughs> if, I'd, if I'd known it's going to get this rough, I'd have stayed home myself. I mean, some wives don't want to be in subjection to their husbands unless it suits them. Some men don't want to love their wives unless it suits them. A lot of kids and young people don't want to honor father and mother unless it suits them. But when we get down and and pray, God knows our heart. And we can say, God, I want revival. God, I want you just to use me and use this church. Use us in a great and mighty way. God knows you in your heart whether or not you're really willing to do all the things you need to do in order for God to be able to bless us. Number three, revival is God empowering his people to live holy lives marked by total obedience to the word of God. God empowering his people to live holy lives marked by total obedience to the word of God. I mean, you pray for revival, yet God looks on the heart, and you already made up your mind, you're not going to tithe. You made up your mind that You're not going to be faithful. You already made up your mind. You're not going to witness to others. God looks at that and says, well, I'm not going to send revival yet. They're not sincere about it yet. That's right. My dad always said, my dad preached a lot of revivals. And my dad many times said he found that in revivals he would preach. That many times, sometimes one person in that congregation might hold the key to that revival that it'd be, sometimes it would be one person that God was dealing with them about something and he said, it might be, you might have three nights of that revival and really nothing much happened. He said, when that that, that person that held the key to that revival finally gave in to God, came down to that altar, and made things right with God, then things began to happen. Yes. Wouldn't it be a shame if you were the person that God had given the key to revival to for exciting southeast and you, you were holding back from the church having the kind of revival that God wants it to have. Now, like I told folks Wednesday night, now, you personally, nobody can keep you from having revival but you. You can have your own personal revival in your own heart, because just get along with you and God. But when it comes to the church as a whole, I mean, the, the church as a whole is only the com- combination of all the people as individuals. And we can never have the kind of revival God wants us to have until we start getting right with Him. God wants to use us. I wouldn't want to be that one that held the key to revival and maybe kept God from doing what He wants to do. Number four, revival is God enabling us to pray perseveringly for a larger and greater blessing. I wonder if, Tonight, after the service, when Pastor Rob and the others are here, Brother Rob said, well, I just believe God wants us to have an all-night prayer meeting. How many of us would be willing to give up sleep? How many of us would be willing to do that and have an all-night prayer meeting? You'll never find a great revival anywhere that started by anything other than prayer That's right. all the great revivals started with prayer when people got a hold of god i when i was in north carolina i went one night to a revival that was it was actually in south carolina <clears throat> where the meeting was but i can't remember how many weeks they went but i think when i went i want to say it was about its eighth week or something it- was a little baptist church i, I don't know it's probably i would guess they probably run about maybe three four hundred people but Golf off out in the middle of nowhere, but they, they were in their eighth week of revival. And uh, me and a group of preachers went down from North Carolina to just go to see check it out, and be a part of it. And I know, I don't know how many people got saved in that meeting. I know the night that I was there, they had their 200th person walk the aisle and get saved. And that revival started when a group of teenagers in the youth group went up on top of a mountain on a rainy Saturday morning and fell down on their knees in the mud and began to pray and ask God to send revival to their church. Amen. And God did. You see, revival is not going to come to this place or any other place without prayer. Because prayer moves the hand that moves the world and brings deliverance. See, Hezekiah changed the mind of God in Isaiah 38. Elijah stopped the rain for three years and called fire down from heaven. Started the rain back up again. Peter was released from jail. How? Because of prayer. I mean, number five. Revival is every child of God desperately in love with the Savior. That's right. I mean, finding yourself in a place where you're in love with the Lord. Now, I know, I've been around Baptist people enough to know, if we went around in the room today and asked you individually, do you love the Lord? Everybody in here, at least the ones that's, that's saved... Everybody here, oh, I love the Lord. The Lord's been so good to me. Oh, I love the Lord. Ain't nobody like Him. But then we go to His Word, and you see what the Bible says. It says, if you love me, keep my commandments. Mm -hmm. How deep is your love for Him this morning? Is your love for Him deep enough that you're willing to keep His commandments? Is 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 your love for Him deep enough that you'll place yourself on the altar and say, God, whatever it is That you want to do with my life, I'm here That's right. And do whatever it takes, Lord To send revival in my life And then number six Revival Is God pointing his finger directly at your face Second Samuel 12, 7 the prophet said thou art the man revival is when you quit blaming the preacher you quit blaming your husband you quit blaming your wife you quit blaming the children to the elders whoever it might be and say well if they would just get right we could have revival revival is when you just look in the mirror and say god when that person right there gets right i can have revival Gypsy Smith once said, just draw a circle around you and step in it and say, let the revival begin here. You see, we're responsible for this generation of lost people. God's placed us here for a reason. I mean, there's people all around us that hadn't heard the gospel. And God's given us the responsibility to tell them. Matter of fact, I believe we're responsible for the spiritual condition of the nation. I mean, it's easy for us to start blaming all that other crowd. I mean, it's all that crowd out there that don't you know, they don't believe in God or they don't, don't, don't honor God. And all that. That's the one that's that's the reason the nation's in such a mess. No, the nation's in a mess because God's people didn't do what we're supposed to. If we had been doing what we're supposed to, it wouldn't be in the mess it's in. That's right. Second Chronicles 7.14 tells us it's our place my people he's talking to us if we'll fall on our face and repent and get right That's right. said so then he'll hear he'll heal our land now we're responsible for the progress and the condition of this church yes, we, are. we already said something about it already this morning but The spiritual condition of the church is just the spiritual condition of all the people that are here individually combined. So the more people you got in the church that are right with God spiritually, the more right the church is going to be spiritually before him. Number seven, last of all, I I can just hear that sigh of relief. Revival is when our behavior catches up to our theology. A lot of us got our doctrine right. We got our theology right. I mean, we got the right book. Yes. We say we believe it. We got the right Savior. Yep. But we have a little trouble putting to practice what we say we believe. That's right.
1: I'm not going to hammer
0: that one too much because I was here last week and Brother Rob already talked to us about doing too much talking, not enough walking. That's basically what he's talking about there. Mm-hmm. He's saying it. We need to start putting into practice and living what we say we believe in our heart. That's right, amen. I want you to look at your own heart this morning and just ask God what it is that he wants you to address and maybe in your own life. And uh, I know we've got... I know we've got visitors here today, but we're just going to do things a little different. We did this in Tahlequah Wednesday night, and I just feel led to do it again. We're going to have a verse of invitation here in just a moment. And Brother Kevin's going to sing a song of invitation. And Certainly, if there's anybody here tonight, uh, this morning that does not know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, we'd love for you to come down here to this altar. We'd take our Bible, because you can't revive something that hadn't been alive. And you don't need revival. You just need to be made alive with the Lord Jesus Christ coming into your heart saving you. But the rest of us here that are saved, we read that scripture tonight that, or this morning that says if, if two of you will agree on anything, asking that God will answer your prayer. So in just a moment, when we stand and we should begin our invitation, I'm going to ask you, those of you that will, you, know, you, can, you can come down here at the altar if you want you can do it there in your pews. If you want to, I'm going to ask you, just gather up. It don't have to just be two. But, but some of the people around you, gather up in two or three or however it is. If you're willing, and I said, don't, don't do it if you don't mean it in your heart. <clears throat> but if you mean it in your heart that you want God to send revival, I want you to gather up with two or three people around there, four people, however many around, and agree together. And ask God to send revival to exciting southeast, all right? Let's all stand together. <clears throat> Dear Holy Father, we thank you. Lord, for the message you laid on our heart, Lord. And we Thank you for what's, what's going on in other places around the country today, Lord, where people are making decisions to get right with you and coming back to you. And Lord, I pray that you'll help us to have a hunger for the things of God Lord I pray you'll give us a hunger for revival Lord I pray you'll give us a desire for you to send revival to our church And Lord if you send revival to our church you could send revival to our community Lord if you send revival to our community we could have revival in our state we have a revival in our state Lord I believe you can send revival to our country. Have your will and wave the invitation. It's one of these things we ask in your name. Amen. All right.